Hi, I'm Tom Gerrard, and welcome to Bench Talk, the podcast where I interview artists and creatives and find out their creative process, how they got to where they are, their successes, their failures, and what makes them tick. This episode, I'll be uh, catching up with Callum Preston, who's a Melbourne-based artist and designer. He's uh, done lots of different uh, types of work throughout his career. I'm going to find out a bit more about that, and yeah, I hope you enjoy the show. All right, Callum, how you going, mate? Good, man. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. No problem. It's always good to catch up. Yeah, definitely. Welcome back to here. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're, uh, we're sitting here in the uh, in Callum's shack within the Everfresh studio in, in Collingwood in Melbourne. Yeah, two two fully grown men in a cubby house. Yeah. That's us. Yeah. So uh, it's a great shack you got yourself here, mate. I, uh, I it, really like it. It's good. It's got charm. You know, it's one of those things, everyone that comes in here into my little office, which is a little shack built inside a warehouse. Everyone loves it, but then they get to leave and I feel like I don't fully appreciate it because I'm here all the time. So yeah. they have everyone that comes and visits has this, you know, it's a little wonderland. But um, I don't know, when you're answering boring emails, it doesn't really matter where you're sitting, you know. <laughs> so I tried to make it as fun as possible just yeah. for that reason that when I do tune out, I can look around and go, this is fun, it's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, it's like your teenager's bedroom mixed with the... I don't know, weird archival museum of skateboard stuff and... Yeah. 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 It's good. Keeps me inspired, for it sure. Is. For those of you who uh, don't know about Callum's Shack, he, uh, there's, you know, part of the Everfresh um, studios, there's a, it's a really big open plan warehouse and he's built a tiny shack inside and it looks like uh, something you'd see out the back of a, uh, a country house or something. It's got a tin roof and windows yeah. and uh, weatherboard. Yeah, it sort of I I sort of wanted it to be like a uh, something you would see, you know, on the bayou in Mississippi, like an old bait shop kind of thing, mixed with, you know, that classic Australian backyard shed. Uh, you know how you, someone's grandpa and they've always just taken something out of somewhere else, an old window or something, and replaced the broken one with clearly what is the window out of a nineteen seventy two Datsun or something, and you're just like, how did this end up so? Yeah. yeah, I've got, you know, doors and windows that I found on the street and weatherboards off a de- demolition house and, yeah, it's constantly evolving. Yeah. It's a work in progress. Yeah. So, uh, from your shack, you do uh, lots of different creative projects. Like, yeah. um, you know, I've, I've known you to do, turn your hand to a lot of different different things over the yeah. years. But when, uh, like, when people ask you what you do, like, what, what do you, yeah. how do you respond? It's, that, that question has come up quite a bit, uh you know it's more so in recent years I'm, I'm getting older I'm 31 now and so you know uh, people I moved back I was living in America uh, and when I moved back in 2012 I've been full-time as a freelance artist so the question comes up you know all, amongst my friendship group that I grew up with everyone's getting married and buying houses and having kids and stuff and and I'm I'm married myself uh, but everyone else's jobs have kind of stabilized and become, you know, it's more of a career path, you know, perhaps they've gotten into a middle management position or they're now not an apprentice, they're a full-time tradesman, whatever. Whereas my my job is is sort of fluid. So I just say that I'm a, a full-time freelance creative uh, because I don't want to pigeonhole myself to being just a graphic designer or just a mural artist or uh, any of the other things that I do, but I kind of... I used to be able to divide it up and say, well, I'm definitely 50% graphic design and then random stuff the rest of the time or, you know, whatever. But 
these days it feels like one thing just rolls into the next and I'm totally on a whole different thing. I'll be feel like I'm chained to the computer one week and then feel like I haven't looked at an email for a week the following week. So it's it's kind of crazy. So yeah, full-time freelance creative, um, open to anything. Yeah. Uh, cash is king and I'm always down to barter. That's kind of how it goes. <laughs> I've, um, yeah, because like a lot of the projects that you work on, they have a very uh, handmade feel to it. Even, yeah. even the, um, the digital work that you do on, on the computer, it's yeah. still, you know, if you're doing a video, there'll be a lot, a real handmade element to it, even yeah. though it, it is coming through the computer and um, even a lot of the design you do comes from, starts with a pen. and Exactly, yeah. And, uh, you know, like, it's, uh, I really like that about your style. Yeah, I think that, that that's just always come from... Uh... You know, I'm. I think I'm still a little bit suspect of computers, which yeah. is 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 so stupid because I'm. You know, I'm Gen X or whatever Gen I am. Like, we know the computers are here to help us until they, you know, until AI takes over and kills us all or whatever happens. <laughs> but, you know, uh, but I just feel like uh, if I can't prove that I can do it with a pen and paper, then I, it's sort of it feels a bit tricky to have done it on a computer. Um, so I like to I like to know my limits, and that way, when I turn up somewhere, you know, to paint a wall or to to do a sign or something, I know that I could basically do it with a a stick and some mud and a flat wall. You know, like um, that's just it's just a bit. I think it's a I'm a, I'm a bit of a control freak in that I want to know that no matter what gets thrown at me, I'm going to be able to get by with, you know, illustrating something or creating something. So yeah, that I think it just melts together. Yeah, crosses into my design work for sure. Yeah, and I was never formally trained. I never, I never studied design or art. I actually dropped art in late high school and and photography because uh, I sort of I've had like a what a, a mid teen crisis thinking that well that can't be a job as such. So I, I think I did international studies and business management or something, and neither of them did anything with. But uh, after the fact, I was like no, I really love making stuff and creating stuff. So yeah, it's gone full circle and. Yeah, some, my brother is a classic example of a guy who studied what he now does as a job. is a an accountant and a, a brilliant uh, a brilliant father and and businessman and everything. But his getting his head around the fact that people pay me to do jobs that I don't have a certificate on the wall as being qualified to do is is quite strange to him. Uh, and I, you know, I can understand that. It's sort of yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll talk more about the weird things that I've done, but yeah, yeah it's like. I couldn't have really studied for what I do because it's so mixed yeah. and random. Yeah. So you um like you said you you were, were you creative as a kid? Yeah, yeah, like, definitely. I always loved drawing. Yeah. Always um always getting up stuff. I think I, I was talking about it recently with someone else about the greatest Christmas present that you ever got. And so yeah. when I was uh, I think nine or ten, I really want, I used to build tree houses in the backyard. And this one tree, and treehouse consisted of just a single plank on a branch, and that's about it. So. I like hassled my dad. I really want to build a tree house. Like I want to build a big one that sits mm. in the tree. Like I don't just want a plank. I want walls and a roof and stuff. Hollywood style. Yeah, totally. Like yeah. the cartoon, you know, Bart yeah, Simpson yeah. treehouse. Yeah. And uh, and also, you know, my dad's an office guy. He he worked in human resources. He wasn't at all a builder, and he really he really took that challenge. It's amazing, and it's literally still standing. It was built in uh, what's so nineteen ninety three or four, mm. and I was there about three months ago. The house I grew up in is, was being sold, and I went to the auction to check it out and got to walk back into that treehouse. It doesn't feel anywhere near as stable as it did back then, but it's still there. Um, but we built that and 
I said, I really want it to have walls because I want to do graffiti on them. This is when I was 10. And they're like, oh, okay. And, you know, I only knew of graffiti from, like, Police Academy movies and VHSs from Video Busters. You know, I'd hire, um, like, I, they didn't have Style Wars, but they had different stuff that kind of had that 80s graffiti vibe to it. Like so, breakdance. Yeah, like breakdance yeah. and stuff like that. Mm. And um, and lots of skate videos had them skating ditches that which had graffiti in it. Mm. So that was sort of my knowledge of graffiti. And uh, I said, oh, I really want to spray paint it. And so my uh, my nana, who at the time, I mean, would have been in her 70s, she bought me, uh, for Christmas, it was a big gift bag and it was stapled across the top and I would shake presents and be like, oh, what is this? And I just couldn't figure out what it was. It was really heavy. And uh, on Christmas Day, I opened it up and it was like 20 cans of export <laughs> and just a bunch of like tissue paper stuffed in there, all these different colors. She'd just been to the $2 shop and bought one of each color and was like, oh, your mum said that you wanted to paint your little treehouse thing. So I thought, you know, like I was 10 and she yeah. gave me 20 cans of spray paint for, me for Christmas. <laughs> this is amazing. Like that's uh, nowadays, you know, with um, street art being what it is, there's probably parents out there, you know, trying to give their kids spray paint like, oh, you know, you could, you could be part of this, but you know, my nana was a conservative, lovely old lady that made biscuits and cups of tea. And yeah. Here she is giving... I mean, not all of that spray paint went to the treehouse. That's all, you know. It's yeah. like... That was my first sort of adventure into the world, I guess. It's... um Paint your skateboard. And paint your skateboard, like, paint the ramp, and then paint the drains that we used to skate, and then, you know, find this underpass that... You know, it's just... That's what happens, and it's like... uh Yeah, it's it's crazy. So, my family was always super encouraging of that, but my parents didn't really know how I would channel, uh, channel that because my brother was, he just liked footy and, and whatever. And I always wanted to draw and paint stuff and do these things. Uh, my mum recently told me that she had me tested when I was a kid for like ADHD or something because compared to my brother, she's like, this isn't what a kid is like. Yeah. Like he just sits down in his room and plays on the abacus, you know? And yeah. I was just like tearing shit up and wanting to like make things. And she was kind of like, didn't know how to handle it and they said oh he's just creative i guess and turns out yeah, yeah. that worked you've never struck me as someone with adhd no some of my other friends yeah definitely. yeah yeah but not, but not you i'm not i i would say that i am kind of restless but in a subdued way i think in my own head i'm always thinking of the next project yeah but i maybe don't project that as much i like to see things finished and yeah. wrapped up you know uh so you're definitely someone that's always bouncing between projects, but yeah, you know, not like you seem quite organized. Yeah, I definitely am. And it's one of those things I've always, um, I've always wanted to, I don't, I, I hate, I don't, sometimes I feel myself being a gunner, like, oh, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this other mm. thing. And I hate saying things and I love explaining ideas to people. And then if I run into them again, they say, what have happened to that thing? I'm like, uh, it never really happened. Like I hate, I hate knowing that I birthed this idea and then I just let it kind of fall on the wayside. If it's a bad idea, yeah, I won't do it. But like, I I hate that feeling. So I'm always like, if I say that I'm going to do something, I want to do it. Um, you know, there's a certain integrity in that, and it's like, you know, people sometimes are like, oh man, you got so much on. Like, oh yeah, you need a hobby. Like, I'm like, but I love, I love doing these things. Like, I'm not doing them because of. Uh, you know, there's not some invisible scoreboard somewhere that I'm keeping. I just like, if I have the thought, I'm like, that'd be cool to do a, an art show like that or to, you know, whatever. Um, and yeah. I'm lucky that we live in a world where I can do those things. And, mm. you know. Yeah. 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 I was, um, 
I was listening to a podcast the other day, the, mm. um, the Talent Scout podcast. Okay, I yeah, haven't heard that one. It's from Sydney. It's uh, yeah. it's it's uh, I really like it actually. The guys are hosts of the are comedians, so they're oh, really cool. funny and they're, they're yeah. good hosts. Like, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, um, I envy them a bit because I've never really done this uh, right, right. speaking You're on the microphone host, thing. I'm, I'm trying, I'm yeah. trying. I'm, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting better at it, more yeah. comfortable in front of the mic and everything. Yeah. But they interviewed um, that girl that you did the mural with. Oh, and, Georgia Hill. Yeah. Oh, I do know that podcast because yeah. I listened to that one with her. Yeah. So yeah, those guys, and, um, yeah, they are funny. Yeah. yeah. They're like two younger dudes, but they yeah. they, they mentioned me No, that, that was podcast. loving you. I, I know. And, I, and I was like... You know, I, know. Was, I, was li- I was listening to it, I was like are they about to bring me out as a guest? Like, I can't, I'm like, I don't remember doing this. Yeah. It almost sounded like an intro to me. Yeah. Yeah, that, so that dude apparently must have been or is involved with like the hardcore punk music scene, yeah. which I was really involved in and still am in, to an extent. And so it's weird because I always just fell into doing art and design through that stuff because I always played in bands. So we need a flyer for the show we're playing. I would just do one up and like, would do it on my mum's PC at home event, mm. and then you know I'd do cut and paste ones and photocopy them in the school library and on and on so I just sort of fell into it never I didn't look at this music scene I was even like here's a business opportunity I'm gonna make artwork like that's not how it was it was like no one's gonna come to the show if we don't have a poster so um, I would do that so I sort of just fell into that habit and at the time my band was you know uh, on a medium scale we did alright like we toured around Australia a bunch and did lots of stuff but um, it's funny to think that there was I think those guys are a bit younger than me but he said that he was like influenced by me to like get involved in doing design yeah. from that music world and it's like I guess if you're younger in that world and you see that there's people in that scene doing that stuff it kind of makes you be like oh yeah I can you know yeah. I can do that and I know bands and I know stuff so yeah. yeah, it's weird. I never, I never really thought of myself in that light, in that scene. But yeah, I was really stoked to hear that. Yeah. Did you just do um, artwork for your band, or you do other bands' artwork? Well, as that's well, how or? it started with just my band, and then yeah. like literally maybe the second thing I ever did. You know, there's three other bands on that show, and someone goes, yeah. "Oh, who made the poster?" And they go, "Oh, he did." And he goes, "Oh, cool." And this is before. I don't even think I had a mobile phone then. You know, mm-hmm. I was like fourteen, fifteen. Oh, cool, man! Like we're gonna do t-shirts. Can you do us a drawing for that? And so it just sort of came from there and then you meet one person and then once you get a few under your belt I guess you kind of become that that guy you know mm. it's like um I guess it's like being the kid at school who had the pool like everyone yeah. you, everyone always ends up coming to your house it's like I've got the pool so I was the dude who you know knew how to use photoshop enough to make it look yeah. whatever or did you have a pool as well I didn't know uh, no did no. you have a mini ramp or something uh I did for a time oh. yeah yeah I had a mini ramp for a Jealous. time uh, uh, I had a well, I had a quarter, and then I had a mini ramp when I was twenty four or five. I managed. I, I I was living at home, but my mates had a share house, and I managed to convince them to let me build it in their yard. So that was like it was only there for about eighteen months, but it was a good it was a good time. I had a jump ramp when I was a kid. Yeah, oh, yeah, someone street style, straight yeah, out, yeah, yeah. I I loved it. I learned put it on top of, of the skateboard and wheel it to different locations. Not Is that what really. you do? I just wheel it out the front of my house. Yeah, and um and I'll do a. Uh, yeah, I, I got some good tricks off that, I, and all the kids would come around. And, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it started to um, it started to sort of peel up at the um, at the front over the years, just from wear and tear, and because it was still just the classic uh, plywood, like yeah, coming up. And yeah. I remember just just gunning it at it to try and get some <laughs> decent air, and just hitting the front and just going yeah. flying over yeah, the jump yeah. ramp and landing on the other side. I think I got rid of it after that. Man, it's like, it's like yeah, there's there's <laughs> some, uh, you know, I I. 
the public health and safety of of those suburban skateboard ramps is uh, you yeah. Know, they have many 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 collarbones broken and stuff. I imagine yeah. lots of tetanus shots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you with um with your graphic design, you're doing uh you're doing a lot of stuff for different clients these days. I've seen stuff from you for like Converse and Movember and The Block. Yeah, and, yeah. It's t- really like varied. So like, yeah. it's weird. I sort of um the graphic design stuff I use it to try and uh. I try and segue different work into that. So it's like, um, it's hard to explain. Everything's so organic with what I do that it's not, I never sat at home and was like, right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to learn how to paint murals enough that when someone asks for some graphic design, I can be like, why don't we paint this instead? You know, it just has sort of evolved. So um, a lot of these clients have come to me as a, as a creative first. They've been like, it's generally, you know, through Instagram or through knowing knowing my stuff through um, a group exhibition or whatever um, and yeah or just meeting people you know we're all getting older now and it's like that dude that I used to know because I'd see him at, at shows or we'd like you know wherever or we'd see him at openings like now he's working at this company and then that girl who my friend used to date she's now head of marketing for this and it's like I think being present in those people's minds these kind of weird clients come up so yeah, like the block was a total weird one and it's now I'm like, I was just there today um, having a bit of a meeting about what we're doing for this next season. That'll be my my fifth season doing stuff for them, which is, you know, it's and it's cheesy and it's, you know, but it's like, uh, I don't know, it's quite a cool platform, you know, to be able to get paid to do artwork and set design and kind of visual stuff. And then, you know, when I watch TV shows and uh, you see, you know, it's shows like that, and there's a really kind of honky looking sign or like some bad graffiti that they've, it's like their yeah. idea of what that would be. Yeah. The opportunity to be like, hey, now that's shit. Like we could do yeah. something really cool here. Like I've been, the first thing I did on the block was like some wall stuff and they were like, yeah, we're just thinking some stuff over here, you know, at sort of waist height. And I'm like, why don't we just do the whole wall? You've got a scissor lift right here. And they're like, well, can you do the whole wall? It's like, let me add it. Let's do it. And it's like the bigger, the better. And, yeah, it's sort of, it's a weird, it's a weird one, and then that's the thing. If you go over and above, you usually get asked to come back as well. Exactly, unless yeah. You, unless you blow the budget. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but but the first ones in, like I rocked up, and I think that they're, you know, they do with trades and stuff. So that they say we want this and we want it like this. So when I was like, what I think we should do is instead of having input, they were really receptive to that, um, which is good. I could have been overstepping at the time, but it worked out. So now, like today, I went down there for the meeting and they're like, all right, so these are the areas and this is what we kind of had in mind. What do you think about this? And I was like, well, these are good, but we should make this one supersized and, you know, do it on this wall or whatever. <laughs> and it's great because I'm doing, at the moment, this this newer season is a bunch of, I'm doing a bunch of vintage signage kind of replica stuff, which is great because at the moment, that's quite a passion of mine and, well, as a designer always, but it's like, I'm really enjoying that at the moment. So it's like, great, there's a way to get my fix doing those so yeah. yeah and how did how did you uh go about building your client base you said you, it was like a bit of it was word from word of mouth yeah. you know this person and that person and i take it like was was it all the clients you got were in different random ways or was there a, yeah. a, a um, formula that worked for you and um i think yeah. so well i guess it's a roundabout way to explain it but when i was in high school i was like uh i hung out with like the music kids and the mm-hmm. arts and drama kind of kids like the ones that were smoking behind the the whatever yeah. like yeah. I didn't I didn't smoke I never smoked but uh it was like 
I was in with them and some of them like, you know, were at war with the jocks or like mm. at my school it was, you know, it was divided by like uh, sports and arts and race and, and you know, all this different stuff. And it's like, I was a bit of a floater. So I was almost like, um, I was like a bit of a UN ambassador for these weird, like <laughs> the, the metal head stoner kids over there. So I'd be like, I'm going to go and talk to these dudes that were having problems with. And it's like, I don't know, for some reason, being that kind of, that floater between meant that when I, you know, went out into my life, I had all these sort of different groups of people that I was associated with, whether it was through the music stuff was like a huge part of my life and the art house and hardcore in general. And I had this whole kind of realm of people through that. But then I'd been involved in street art and then into Everfresh in 04, 05. So then I had this whole group of friends there who knew nothing of that music scene that I was involved in and they're like, oh, he plays in some band. And at one point in those really early days, uh, Rekka and Roan and Sync and stuff came to a show we were playing and they're just like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, this is crazy. People are killing each other in this like weird mosh pit. So it was cool. Like I had all these different, I mean, that's only two groups, but you know, then the guys I grew up with and people I knew through high school who weren't necessarily any of them scenes, but they were friends of mine. So I've always had like many different thing, different groups of people. And so the same, in the same way, my client base kind of grew from that, always being just sort of present and never really saying no to stuff, saying no to the the wrong things. But, um, you know, it's like, I've had clients come from the weirdest places. You know, my went to a, a baby shower for one of my brother's oldest friends and his wife's sister owns a gym and she like needed murals for her gym. So you go and do them and then some guy that goes to the gym turns up that day and goes, oh, I actually, you know, do this thing and would you be interested in doing it? And it's like, yeah, so it's it's, it's a real, um, it's like a real feet on the ground thing. I, I've never had a, a folio, like I've never had a printed folio that I send out or... Um, Anything like that? I get. I don't know. Maybe I'm just. Maybe I'm a bit of a used car salesman. I can talk people into. Once they come, whenever someone comes to me with like a project, I always give them input on stuff. Oh, I think it'd be really cool. That's a great idea, and we should also add this and and yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't really know. But I guess if you if you're used to um, intermingling with different groups and different types of people, you can sort of blend in a lot easier. Be a totally. bit of a chameleon. And, and that's that's from my dad. My dad's that kind of guy and. You know, when he's with his old footy mates, he gets a bit more blokey and like, but he's also a corporate guy and, you know, he's a loving grandfather and can be like the goofy dad guy. So I think that uh, in a way, you know, chameleon is the right word, but without the deceptive tones of that word, you know, like um, I've always just been myself, but it's like, why can't we all just get along, you know? And it's like, you know, I've got friends who are, you know, really ingrained in like graffiti culture and I like graph writer through and through. But, um, you know, and I can appreciate their side of, of that world, but I also can appreciate like the, the more street art side of that. And there's all, there's all different kinds of things. I think that, uh, I'm just very diplomatic. Yeah. 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 And it's, yeah, just meeting, meeting new people is fun. And like Mm. a new, new client is just a new challenge to me. Like it's, yeah. You've also had a lot of different types of jobs over the years as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We were talking about that before the uh, interview and I got a real uh, insight to how many different jobs you've had. Like, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And... It's crazy how they, it kind of comes full circle and sometimes those things apply. So we're in the shack here and it's like the, uh, they empty the dumpsters every couple of days that are outside my window. So yeah. you might be hearing them. Yeah. But um, 
Yeah. So, I mean, as a kid, I worked in, I started working when I was 12. Just, I just wanted to earn money. So I, cause I wanted to buy skateboard stuff and I wanted to, you know, do, do go to Yogi's and spend my money on a blank hoodie. Yeah. And it was like, I need to start earning money and saving. So, um, yeah, I sort of had shitty, you know, I worked in the movie theater and I worked at the Vic market selling umbrellas and stuff. And, um, yeah. And then into my older life, you know, out of uni, I was, I was always doing these jobs, but that's where the music stuff came in. So I would be working in this CD warehouse, packing boxes all day and then go home and be drawing something for my band or for someone else's band at night. And then the next day you come in and my, my workmate would say, Oh, how was last, what did you do last night? I just watched a movie or something. I'm like, Oh, I drew this thing. And they're like, why did you do that? I'm like, well, it's fun. Like, this is my release. Have you ever thought of uh, like chucking it all in and getting a day job? Has it, has it got like uh, you know dry patches through between clients and yeah. or just too much too stressful at times? And... You know what? Not not at this point. Like at the point I'm at now. So from 2012 till now, which we're in what um, 2016, and it's nearly middle of the year. Uh, it's been pretty good and solid. Before that, there was times when I had a full-time job and I was like trying to squeeze in doing little things on the side. Um, and I'd, I'd be working in my job and get home and go, I can't be bothered, you know, whether, and not creative jobs either. This is like, you know, working in an office kind of thing. And, um, at that point it was, it was less about me wanting to throw it in because I didn't have the work, but just like, I'm bugging. I got, I just got home. I haven't done it. Like I haven't seen my mates or like, you know, so it was that night trying to like anyone out there who's doing the like nine to five or has the multiple part-time jobs and is trying to do their creative thing on the side like more power to you because that's the hardest part of it is like it's um being able to have your brain be on one thing and then switch to another and cut back and forth between them so i've never felt like throwing it in because i don't think i actually could like i'm, I'm pretty convinced that when i'm like an old retired man uh my wife mo is going to be like uh you know, I'm, gonna, oh, I'm just painting a mural on the side of the shed here because, you know, I just thought that'd still be fun, you know. Like, I don't think that doing creative things... And I, I, I managed to find... I've always managed to find something creative in anything. So whether it's like, uh, you know, maybe I'll become a wicked gardener or something when I'm older. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, no, throwing it in, ne- never really. Um, it's always... Yeah, because it's fun. I love it. And it's not like one of those... It's not like a, a Wall Street exec going, but you know, I don't work because I love it. I love doing this. Like, yeah. no, it's it's really chill. Like, what I do yeah. is is really crazy. You get, you know, in the scope of my career, the amount of like abusive emails I've had is really minimal. Like, I'm sure if I worked in a straight up office, you know, doing admin HR, I would have had many more arguments with, you know, Carol from accounts yeah. or whatever <laughs> than you know. Uh, I, I'm really lucky. My clients are good and I'm good to them and like I work really hard for people that I'm working on and I always put in the extra, go the extra mile and sometimes there's money in that and other times there's no money in it. So, you know, uh, one of my greatest passions and um, it was actually brought kind of, it, sh- it had a light shone on it by this guy called Aaron Draplin who's from Portland. He's a designer with a company called DDC, the Draplin Design Co that he founded and he's like, is he the guy with the big beard? Yeah, big yeah. fat guy with the yeah, beard. Yeah, yeah. He, amazing public speaker. If, if you ever get the chance to hear him speak, it's so good or just look him up on YouTube. Um, but he's saying he started doing these things called Free Fridays and he just goes on uh, Craigslist, Gumtree, you know, 
and people are like, hey, you know, I need a logo for my uh, lawn mowing business. And he writes them and he goes, all right, Aaron Draplin here, Draplin Design Co. I'm going to give you four hours, four of the best, and I'm going to like put my afternoon into working on your thing. I'm putting the full force of the DDC behind it. And he's like, I'm giving this guy, you know, this is three grand worth of free work. He's like, but this guy can now get on with his life and do his thing, you know. And he's like, giving that out. And so I kind of, it's shone a light on it for me and I'm like, all my friends I grew up with are, you know, they're, they're tradesmen or they're running their own small business or, you know, they're full-time parents. So when I get asked by friends to help out, it's like, yeah, this is what I can do. If I was an electrician, I would totally be around at their house after hours mm. putting in some downlights. So mm. why wouldn't I help him design a logo for his, you know, cricket team or whatever, yeah. you know? And it's like, I think those things kind of keep you a bit grounded. Like you're not curing cancer. You're just drawing yeah. pictures and making things look cool. So when I get the opportunity to help a friend, I'm always really stoked. It's mm. really cool um, to do that, especially friends that are starting their own businesses or taking a plunge on something big. Mm. Um, whether that's, you know, some people I know have, you know, started a blog as a mum, you know, they're like doing like these mummy blogger type things and it's sharing their experience with being a parent. I'm like, cool, I'll do a logo for you. That's awesome. Like, they do say as well that, um, you know, the more you give, the more you you get back as well. Yeah. It's like you might, you might do something out of kindness. Yeah. And then, so they get talking to their mother's club about or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, you've got this big job lined up totally totally and like i've you know most of those things that i've done it's like if i put on instagram or something you never know who that's going to reach and it's like all of a sudden uh you know johnson and johnson decide that the feel of that like mother's blog logo you did would really apply to this or Mm. i don't know i haven't had that happen but you know what i mean like um and also it's it's just i don't know it's a nice thing to do you know you help your friends move house or yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, there's photos of my parents went in the house I grew up in and when they were first, they had no money and they were renovating and they had to rip up all these um, tiles throughout the house, these like brown tiles. And I can picture the photo, but you know, my mum's holding me in the background. I'm like a baby and there's my dad and my uncle and his mate Ian and that other guy that lived next door and like everyone's in there and they've got their, their short shorts and mullets and they're all like carrying shit around I'm like yeah that's that's like what being a grown up and being a present friend is is like Mm. chipping in so if I can chip in via some photoshopping that's that doesn't cost me anything no just my time and you know so it's cool yeah so um you're uh you're also part of the uh, the Everfresh crew yep how did did that all come about how did you hook up with those guys so I started doing like I guess street art you know stencil the early 2000s of Melbourne was like a crazy stencil art kind of boom. So, 02, 03. Uh, and I, I was in high school in 02. So, my last year of high school was when I started actually do, like venturing into the city and doing more of that stuff in the laneways. And that's back when Hosier Lane was actually not even a... Only one side of it was painted kind of spottily and it wasn't a legal, you know, graffiti hub or whatever the hell you call it now. But... So shit, shit fight, shit fight, yeah, a wedding portrait <laughs> backdrop, backdrop. But you know there were all these little spots around the city and up the top end where the art house was, which was really like the center of my universe for quite a few years. There, there were these little laneways in in Carlton and kind of bridging around and down near Blender. So we'd go and I'd I'd paint little things in there under the cover of darkness and and do other stuff wherever and lots of stickers. I was at uni then, um, doing stickers through RMIT and so. At that time, uh, Roan and Rekka and I think maybe Megs were all studying 
um, in the city as well. They were doing graphic design, and perhaps you. I don't know if you were nah. in there. No, nah. I was. Uh, I was in London. Right. Yeah. Well, there you go. So maybe yeah. maybe someone else. Maybe Fred. I don't know. Someone. Yeah. But um, so I would you know be in class, drawing up my little stickers. On the way out of class, I'd slap them on the the big glass sliding doors out the front of RMIT, and then I'd go and get lunch, and I'd come back in, I'd look up, and there'd be another one next to it, and it'd be a wrecker sticker or a sink sticker. Sink was a bicycle courier at the time, so he was always passing through. So it was like this weird little message board that we had going where we'd, and so then it became a bit of a challenge. I'd be doing bigger ones, and you'd pull the pot plant that was next to that door and get higher and do that sort of stuff. So in this weird way, in that Melbourne scene, I was getting to know, and it wasn't just those the other Everfresh guys, but um, there was all kind of Haha and Foo and Ghost Patrol and all these kind of guys doing little bits and pieces. So then I started, you know, going to openings. There was a, a really early stencil show at uh, at Kent Street, up up on Smith Street here, and there was a, a sticker show at Revolver called Stick 'Em Up. Um, and those little things I'd, I'd go to and I was like super green, like fresh out of high school with my little stickers and, you know, meeting crew and um, you'd sort of go there and be like, oh, you're the dude that does the, uh, you know, this thing mm. or that thing. So, yeah, just sort of started making friends with these people who were from totally different worlds to me, you know, like I was, as far as I was concerned, I was, I lived in West Meadows, I was from the suburbs, like next to the airport, you know, like there's not, I didn't feel like I had any real connection to this culture. I'd ride the train line from Broadmeadows into the city and look at all the graffiti and the crews on that line. Um, but I didn't, I could never imagine putting a face to some of those names. So then meeting people like that, it was really cool. So started meeting people and I met Roan and Megs. Um, and then they were sort of working out of this weird space in Easy Street, this sort of back of this shed. So I would just go and hang out there occasionally. And this is like, yeah, before before any kind of social media, I just think I just had one of their phone numbers and would call them. Wouldn't even text them. You just call me like, hey, what are you guys? Are you guys hanging out there tonight? So I'd go around on a Friday night and like, just sort of sit around drawing. And I was, I'm I am the baby of the studio still technically, but yeah, I was at least a couple of years younger than all of them. And so, yeah, they you know, were doing their thing. And uh, so come two thousand and five. They actually moved out of that place. It's very. St- I think it was the Christmas, New Year's into two thousand and five. I could be one year off there. Might have been a year later. They were moving into a bigger space on Easy Street, and I guess goes back to what I was just saying. You know, I knew that, and I knew how much shit they had. So when that kind of rolled around, I'm like, cool. So I was just there helping and doing whatever, and you know, we we shoveled so much pigeon shit out of that place, and we did all this stuff, and I was just doing it because. It was cool to hang out with these guys and they were, you know, a bit older and doing things and some of them had like real design jobs and some of them, you know, Roan worked for like a skate company and that was cool and, you know, so I'm doing that, just helping out because whatever and sort of near the end of it, Sync, I th- I'm pretty sure it was Sync came up to me and was just like, so uh, you're, you're here and helping all the time, you want to move in? And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, you know, anyone who can, who's dedicated enough to sort of contribute like this you know, I'm, I would say that you'd be a good addition to it. And he's like, and you know, your, your artwork stuff's all right. Maybe I'm imagining that he said that, but (laughs) you know, I was like, I'm sure it was pretty terrible, but you know, I could kind of hold my own enough. And, uh, yeah, the other guys were like, yeah, man, if you want to start working on some, some of your stuff in here, cause I was just doing my art stuff at home, like on the, under the pergola at the back of the house, you know, and then, you know, doing stuff in the city. But, um, 
yeah, so it kind of just was super organic and it was like uh, I just became friends first and then, you know, at that time everyone was super suspect of everyone as well, you know, like who's this guy? Like, mm. um, And everyone was sort of, you know, a bit obsessed with being like super secret. I guess it's the, it's the hangover from that graffiti world where like no one wants to show their face in photos and stuff and, you know, it's become such almost decriminalized now with this street art stuff or whatever that it's sort of funny but... Yeah, so I just sort of came like that, and then as soon as I got in there, it just snowballed ever since, really, and it's like, I got a lot of mentorship out of that, because the guys in the studio, being a couple of years older, I was sort of just getting my first sort of official design jobs, and I'd be like, hey, you know, how do I charge for this? And they'd be like, well, what is it? You know, what's it used for? And, um, you know, is it worth your time? And this sort of thing. So, it's sort of it went on and still to this day, like, you know, Roan is a huge mentor of mine and, and has not only helped me out with a lot of my jobs, but he's brought me in on his jobs and we've worked together, um, in different, you know, different parts of the world. We were just in Dubai and we just did a big job in Melbourne. He and I go on, we worked in Vanuatu together. Like, um, he was the best man at my wedding, you know, it's like, mm. and this is a dude that I literally met from seeing pictures on the street, you know, like I saw yeah. his, his stencil on the street. I put one next to it. Then we meet at a thing and go, oh, you're that guy. And it's like, we were laughing about it, him and, and Meg's and um, Wonderlust. He's like, yeah, me and, me and Wonder met online. It's like christianmingle.com or something. You know, like they, they met on Stencil Revolution, which was a site that Prism mm. ran. Mm. Um, yeah, which it's, it all seems kind of funny now, but I don't know, at the time you just, you're so pumped on this new world that you've discovered that it's like, you know, and you meet some people who you have since lost contact with and they have they're out into the world and you, you know you meet some shit people and you meet some great people and it's like yeah now we're running you know 10 years deep of friendship with these guys and it's like yeah we know how to drive each other crazy and how to be good mates so yeah it's cool there's um like there's a lot of different styles within everfresh do you yeah. think uh like that's influenced your style at all or like you're, you're everyone's quite individual with their styles yeah but you know, I'm sure you all learn tricks off each other. Definitely, and... definitely. Or it, even if it just pushes you to be to pick up a brush or something. You know, mm. like someone like um, Fibs, for example, who's just like got amazing can control. Yeah. And then I've I've seen it firsthand. You know, he can pretty much and has done every kind of medium. But he'll see someone else doing something, and, you go, oh, and all of a sudden he's turned his hand at that, and it's like amazing. So in the same way, I think that we all do a little bit of that, and you also see what's. There's like a, I think it'd be an even, if it was a cocktail, there'd be even parts of like, uh, you know, it's, I guess it's like the competitiveness of siblings in a way, you know, you're like, oh man, he's gone bigger, I want to go bigger and it's like that and and then it's working together and collaborative stuff. Back in the early days, lots of collab walls and collab canvases and we even did a show that had a whole bunch of collabs in it. Um, so that way you're bouncing off each other's, you know, line styles and line weights and you're like oh, well, Wreck is so clean and mine's sort of chunky. We need to kind of meet in the middle. And, mm. um, yeah, so it's... De and still now, always, we're always, like... I, whenever I get a big project, if I get if I hit a roadblock, I'll be over. Hey, Caleb, what do you reckon of this? And he'd be like, shit ass. Like, correct. Good answer. You're right. What do you think about this version? He's like, yeah, that's better. And we're always sort of bouncing ideas. So um, I've sort of fallen into the role of... Um, I've got all the tools. I've got all the like hardware tools. So, hey, I was thinking about building this shelf, and I'm like, oh yeah. And they're like, do you reckon you could help us? I'm like, okay. Mm. So it's like I think because of this shack that I've built, 
um, it's I'm the go-to guy for that stuff. But that's fine. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of building, you build a um, a car, didn't you, for your latest exhibition, the uh, Back to the Future show? Did yeah. you build a, build a DeLorean? I built a DeLorean out of wood, all wood. Yeah. The only other, there was, it was entirely made of plywood and, and two-by-fours. Except uh, the the axles were steel, and then just just they were actually stop sign poles, like <laughs> with wheels attached to them, not wooden wheels that I built. But yeah, the whole thing. Um, so it's accurate to scale in a very um, I don't know how I'd totally describe it. It's sort of basically like if you had to draw one with your eyes closed, it's sort of like that. Like it, it's definitely a DeLorean when you look at it, but. There's so much about it that doesn't make sense. But for example, the the steering wheel, I was I was looking around for a steering wheel, I couldn't find one, and someone had a stool here in the studio that looked about the right size. I took it out and looked at, eyed it up. I was like, that's good. So took the took the legs off that, <laughs> cut a big hole through that, cut out did the cutouts, and it's like, it's perfect. So yeah, and then it was filled with all these electronics from hard rubbish, all old TVs and stereo parts and. Um, there was part of an old piano on there and all kinds of stuff, mm. a dustbuster, and that was all the you know the workings and um, a whole bunch of wiring that I ripped out of a building that we were working on for um, a restaurant, and that's all the extra wiring. So yeah, it was cool. That was like a that was exactly what I was talking about before with the uh, talking about things and not following through. I started telling people, yeah, I think I'm gonna build a DeLorean for the show, and they're like, what, like get a real car and paint it? I'm like, no, nah, like make it just like you would. <laughs> I was like, maybe out of cardboard, I don't know, maybe I make it out of, kind of tossed around what to make it out of, and then I was like, I could kind of just build it like those tree houses I built when I was 10, where you're just tacking it on and adding to it, um, yeah, and that's kind of how it, it all came together, I talked about it too much, people started asking, how's the DeLorean going, and I was like, shit, it's not going, I haven't started it yet, alright, um, yeah, so I've put myself in that shame spiral, where if I didn't finish it, I would have been a gunner, and yeah. I hate gunners. Yeah, I'll um I'll put a photo of that up on the website. So yeah, and there's a check it out. I have a full making of video too, which sort yeah. of shows the process. So yeah. we can we can link that in there too. Yeah, yeah, great. That show looked great. I, I, unfortunately, I was overseas while, yeah, yeah. while it was on. I didn't get to see it, but the photos I've seen look amazing. Man, right? it was it was awesome. That was my first ever show, but it was a real passion project, and I mm. I threw everything I had at it. Um, and uh, you know, it wasn't um for financial gain. It was like as a fan of the movies, not a diehard, like people say like, oh, so that's your favorite movie ever. I'm like, yeah, I guess so. But I'm not, if someone says, oh, I've never even seen it. They want me to be really shocked and appalled. Mm. I'm like, oh man, you should. It's great. But yeah. cool. Do you like, I've never seen Star Wars. You know, mm. people think that that's so weird because yeah. I'm such a Back to the Future fan. But as a fan of the movies, I set myself quite high standards of what the exhibition should be. I was like, if I was rocking up to an exhibition by some dude mm. and it was a, uh, Back to the Future show, I'd want to see a lot of effort put into it. Like, mm. it can't just be, oh, here's a couple of pictures of DeLorean and that's sort of it. Like, yeah. So I threw myself into it and was thinking of, like, alternate kind of worlds that exist that we don't hear about in the movie, but almost like fan fiction. Like, mm. all right, well, Hill Valley seems to have a lot of problems. What about the gangs of Hill Valley? Surely there's gangs. Surely those gangs have gang jackets. Oh, okay, I'll make a series of denim jackets with the different gangs on the back. Oh, now I've got to invent the gangs. All right, the Hildale Hooligans, the Jennifers, the Libyans, like all these different groups. So I explored that. And then I also explored like the things that I love about the movie. So or I did a bunch of hand-painted reverse glass signage, which was um, the Twin Pines Mall sign and uh, Biff's auto cleaning and different 
different things like that. So in the end, it was um, 64 pieces in the show. Yeah. Yeah, and 58 of them sold. So oh, Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. But like that just shows, I guess, I'm not the only one. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, there's a connection and uh, I love that's what I love about movies. People, because you grow up with them, especially those kind of movies, it's just, I don't remember never... I don't remember not knowing Back to the Future, if you know mm. what I mean. Like, they all came out right around the time I was born. So, by the time I was old enough to remember, they were just part of my world. So, yeah. it's, um, yeah, it was really cool. And Marty, I did three portraits, like stained glass window portraits of Marty from 1, 2, and 3. And just proving the fact that the third one is the shittest one, the number three portrait didn't, <laughs> didn't sell. Because yeah. the third movie, it's like, it's great that it's there, but it's not really a patch on the other two, I yeah. think. Yeah, I'm glad they, it exists. They actually made the third one before the second one. Yeah, it was like shot in sync, yeah. and they were yeah, because yeah. it's pretty crazy. Yeah. And there's I don't know how I know that. Stuff, no, no. Yeah. Well, now that it's all come <laughs> out, you know, and they they've done the Blu-ray DVD stuff. Mm. There's all these rad extra footage things you can watch, and mm. it's funny. People always be like, "Oh, and what about this?" And I'm like, oh, "I've studied a fair bit of. I know I know most of these facts. You know, mm. it's kind of or sometimes yeah. We talked about writing a. I talked about writing a cha- uh, trivia event for that show having like back to the future trivia night and i was like ah oh, there's there'll just be too many movie nerds it'll get really technical yeah. and everyone will be like well that's not actually correct it was yeah. technically this thing but yeah the show was awesome man it was such a such a buzz to do and i i really kind of screwed myself and had a very short timeline to do it so i produced it all really fast but it was like that was my world for like two months mm-hmm. just Head first, yeah. so it was cool. I really like that um that piece you did for it. There's uh, the neighborhood watch. Yeah, it was, uh, it was Marty's silhouette like yeah. three times over. Yeah, 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 like that that kind of stuff. They're just like little parodies that I had a notebook full of stuff that I'd see dumb things and be like, oh, imagine that was. Oh, I should just do it. And yeah, it's like, um, and that comes from doing band merch. You know, like a lot of bands do funny parody shirts of mm. different stuff, and I've done ones for like. Lost Boys and, you know, rip-offs of rip-offs of rip-offs. So, like, it's the Misfits logo, but he's doing this and he's, you know. Yeah. So, I was like, yeah, I did a Black Flag parody that was four of the Pepsi Perfects. And it said Pepsi Perfect in the Black Flag logo. And um, I did a Misfits Fiend Club rip-off as well. <laughs> so, I was like, I was able to bring in a lot of my influences and skateboard influences and different stuff and connect them to that. So, yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. So on uh, on top of all your uh, creative projects, yeah. you also um, got your finger in the pie of uh, the Smith and Daughters and Smith and Deli. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Restaurants and so yeah. restaurant on Brunswick Street, one seven five Smith and Daughters, um, and that was just over two years ago. We opened that up, mm-hmm. uh, and then Smith and Deli is coming up to its first year anniversary, um, which is cool in April. Uh, yes, yeah, so they're they're both all vegan. Um, so my wife and I, uh, and our business partner Shannon, uh, we met in 2012 uh, when we moved back. So it's actually quite a new relationship, I suppose, in in a way. But we met Shannon and we instantly all clicked. And she was just doing amazing vegan food, but was always working for someone else. And Mo and I had always worked for someone else too. So we kind of all. Um, you know, over over time, they said, well, one day we should do our own restaurant. And Mo has worked in all kinds of restaurants all around the world and, and has a really, has the business brain. And Shannon has this amazing food skill to make vegan food really palatable and really um, enjoyable to vegans and non-vegans alike. So 
the other thing is Mo and I, I'm vegetarian, have been for eight years, and Mo's been vegan since she was 15, but Shannon's a meat eater, so we kind of have one of each level. So Shannon makes things and is like, this isn't good enough. Like, this needs to be meatier, mm. you know, in yeah. quotation marks, because uh, she can eat the real thing. So she's, so it's not, we try not, we try not to, um, we're trying to provide the opportunity for everyone to have this sort of flavor experience not trying to impersonate meat per se, but, you know, like the flavors of like mushrooms and things. Um, like people think of vegan food and they think of curry, like chickpea curry and like yeah. just brown yeah. mush, you know, and it's totally not like that. And we've been to so many places all around the world that have amazing food, but you're kind of, you're in this sort of hippie vibe and it's like, why can't it just be a nice restaurant where you could go on a date or you could, mm. you know, celebrate a birthday or whatever. So, we set about creating that vibe for the restaurant. So I did all the branding and um, the design work of that. And then just just out of sheer um, necessity, because, you know, you there's a huge amount of money in starting up a business like that, that we did it all ourselves. And, you know, we were all there every day for weeks and months, stripping out this place and building stuff. So I built and designed sort of the interior um, for both of them, for the deli and the restaurant. Um, but, you know, we work together to, you know, how do we want it to feel in here? We want the lighting to be moody, but not too dark. You want to be able to see, but... So it was such a cool experience to, well, A, work together. You know, I work so closely with my now wife, my then girlfriend, now wife. It's like uh, people sometimes be like, whoa, working with your wife, crazy, full on. And I'm like, well, you know, if we can't work together, how are we supposed to be you know, married, it's yeah. like, of course we work together. It's like, it's a, a challenge at times, but it's a challenge work of anyone. So, um, it's so cool to like sit back all three of us and look at this thing that we've built and be like, yeah, but I mean, I, I can't take any credit for how the business runs and the success that it's had in that the girls are the heart and soul of it. Mm. Um, they're the face of it and they do everything. I just, uh, try to make sure it doesn't fall over. Yeah literally yeah. <laughs> structural wise <laughs> try to keep everything going and um you know there's always something to be fixed so i've kind of become a bit of a maintenance man in a way but it's i just approach some people would approach that as like a bit of a pain in the ass but i see it as another challenge and it's like through building that restaurant if i hadn't have done the restaurant i wouldn't have been able to build the delorean if you know what i mean like yeah. i learned so much doing it myself and then oh, i hired a concrete grinder to grind down the floor and do that and then all of a sudden, a friend of mine's got this house. Oh, we're thinking about doing this. I'm like, man, you can actually hire that and then you can just do a couple of these clear coats. It looks great. Oh, cool. And I just wouldn't have had these experiences with um, the physicality of building something. You, you can hand over cash and pay someone to do it, but you're you're not learning how to fish in a yeah. vegan restaurant per se. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, so, um, yeah, it was. it's great and it continues to be a challenge, but it's a big learning curve and the girls are amazing and just smash it. So... Yeah, we're now working on a cookbook for the restaurant and in the future, more locations, I suppose, or more something, you know. Yeah. Between all of us, I don't think we all sit still long enough for it to, you know, <laughs> just end up being what it is now. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, um, yeah. So, uh, what advice would you give yourself for when you're just starting out with all these projects? You know, if you, yeah. if you think back to you straight out of high school yeah, before you've even met the Everfresh guys and everything. Yeah. Like what, what advice now would you give yourself back then? Yeah. I, I don't think there's any one like total 
gold nugget, but I think that I spent a long time, and even still now a little bit sometimes, worrying that I don't have a thing. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I was, I've always been really jealous of people that have their thing. Like, oh, this guy, he's like the, you know, Roan, he's amazing at doing these, these girls' portraits, these faces. It's mm. so cool. Um, but, you know, from the outside, you can just think that's what they do, but it's like being privy to the the inside view of that, like there's so much more to what Roan does to be able to just paint those faces that, uh, you know, the logistics of, of the organization of the travel he does and the walls that he arranges. And then, you know, everyone has their daily life shit. You know, we're all doing our taxes. We've all got phone bills and rent to pay and whatever. So I think that I was, I was a bit, uh, I was under the impression that I had to lock down a thing. Mm. And I think I even, you know, now we, we talked about the multidisciplinary kind of thing that I have going on. I could have been kicking into that earlier, but I was trying to focus on being a graphic designer or, you know, and um, that like classic, like, oh, my, like, um, you know, what is it? The, 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 you know, the phrase of like master of none, really, you know, like yeah, uh, jack of all trades, master, master of none. Like, yeah. I don't know. I'm not a master of any, but I do them all pretty well. It's like, yeah, you can, you know, people sort of say, oh, and you're doing that too. It's like, yeah, let's do it. Like, why not? Well, I've got the energy to do it. So I would, I would advise myself, like, just keep saying yes to stuff and keep exploring new options. And, uh, yeah. And don't, don't focus too much on what's my thing and who am I? Like who's, what's my identity as that, you know? Yeah, because that, so, that side project or that uh, playing around with a different medium or something could mm. completely evolve into totally. your thing over time and you didn't even see it coming, yeah. you know. Where... And the flip side is, you know, you can find yourself a little bit trapped and, you know, mm. as we talked about, like being scared to leave a job, like, well, how yeah. will I ever break into doing something else? It's like, I've never, if you never set those, those uh, boundaries for yourself, like, well, I've got to get another design job. It's like... Maybe I won't be a designer. Maybe I'll start doing video editing or mm. like, you know, oh, I really enjoy painting murals. I might just kind of kick into that for a bit, do my design stuff after hours. You know, there's always, there's always something you can do. So yeah, I would say that that would be my advice to you. I mean, and like just ease up on the black hair dye <laughs> and, and whatever else I was doing back then, year 12 or yeah, there's some stinking haircuts in there. Yeah. But yeah. And now I have a shaved head. So what good was all of that, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you're all, you're always a busy guy. I'm yeah. sure. You, I, I'm sure you got a lot in the uh, in the pipe, pipeline for down the track. Yeah. But like, what are you? What are your future plans and what projects have you got on the go at the moment? Um, so yeah, I, I mean, it's one of those things too. I I always have lots on the go, but I kind of like to. I like to have it running. So if the right thing pops up, I can just go and do it. You know. Mm. Um, so just yesterday, as an example, I was. I really should have been working on this this stuff on the computer that I was doing, but it was Keith Haring's birthday and my friend had this wall at his warehouse and he was like, oh, I was thinking about doing this Keith Haring thing. We talked about it a while ago. And so I looked and realized, I was like, I should do that today. I feel, I'm feeling the vibe for it. And so I just dropped everything and went and did that and then I had to chase my tail later on to catch up on the computer stuff. But um, that's, yeah. But I... Yeah, I have a bunch of design stuff going on. We've got the cookbook for the restaurant, which I'm involved with. Uh, and then I'm sort of working towards, as a passion project, I guess, since the Back to the Future thing's done and dusted. I don't have another solo show, but I, here at the shack that we're sitting in, I'm going to start doing... Um, 
with bands that I've encountered through work, bands I work for, or bands that I've met through working for other bands. It's it's quite an incestuous world, the music industry. So um, I want to start inviting people in to play here at the Shack, at the Acoustic. So um, I've got a bit of a list of people that I work directly with, and then I've got a bit of a dream list as well of people I'd love to have on. So I, I kind of wanted to do a podcast like what you're doing, but then I sort of, I really wanted to share this space a bit more. And also I love having people in and, and getting their reaction to it. So starting to invite people in here. Um, so hopefully in the next month, sort of starting to launch some videos for that. Yeah. Um, What's so, the project called? So that'll be called the Shack Sessions. Um, and I'm going to launch a video that explains what that is and also episodes um, after that. So now I've set it on recording, I'm going to have to do it because as we all know, I can't just say I'm going to and not do it. So, right. so thank you. So now I'm, now I'm yeah. chained to it. Um, yeah, so that should be great. I'm really excited for that. And it's just like, it's a really cool project to work on and like, yeah, who knows, who knows what could come of it, you know? Yeah. Maybe they'll relaunch Channel V and just give me full creative control. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. where, where will people be able to see all that online? Um, so, well, at the, at this point, that's still in the, the development stages, but it'll be a shacksessions.com or something like that. There's going to be a dedicated website and YouTube channel for that. But the best point of access for me is Instagram. So it's just instagram.com slash Callum Preston. Uh, and... That's where I post everything that I'm kind of working on and with projects like that, when I launch them, it'll always be through that channel because yeah. that's the current best option yeah. really for everyone, it feels like. where everyone goes to check stuff it's out. Where, yeah, yeah, it's where you go. So, um, yeah, doing that and then, yeah, hoping to do a few more projects. Ron and I are doing some traveling to do some painting for a little secret project that's coming up and then, um, yeah, a little bit of everything. So, and I'm playing some music stuff playing drums in a few bands and doing stuff so it's cool i don't know I, f I consider these extra things like when i was a kid my dad played indoor cricket and i'm like oh my indoor cricket is like painting a wall somewhere yeah. or like you know playing drums in a country band or whatever the hell i'm doing like yeah. so it's cool i just keep it keep myself fresh yeah yeah living a dream mate yeah so, someone's yeah yeah i guess you could, yeah it's definitely my dream it's not for everyone but um, yeah, it's fun. You are because that's why that's one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast is yeah. to uh, you know, interview people who I consider are living the dream, and that is not chained to a nine to five job. Okay, and uh, and are living off their creativity. Which, yeah, cool. Which I'm not quite doing yet. I'm still, you know, I'm still doing full time work in yeah. design agencies and things like that. But I'm trying to find time outside of work to build up. Uh, a way of um, switching into this creative lifestyle where I wake up and I just I I do my own thing or I do work for other people and yeah yeah, yeah I'm working a bit more off uh, my time my timetable not uh totally not nine to five or yeah and yeah. not putting off that project that you had the idea exactly. for somewhere you know it's taken me long enough to get this off the ground yeah well, just because yeah, I've been doing it outside of a forty hour week exactly you know? but this is the perfect example yeah. of that like and it's like I feel like people don't chat enough about People get a bit secretive about their, you know, it's like there's no secret to what we're all doing. Like we're all yeah. just trying to be creative and make a living off it. Yeah. So I, I love that, that you've launched something where people can discuss that because I love hearing other people talk about how they do their thing and mm. and you go, oh, fuck, I'm not crazy. Like I'm yeah. also, yeah, oh, you do stress about that thing and you do yeah. like swear to yourself in this email and then write the really nice reply being like, yeah. cool, man, got those <laughs> changes for you right yeah. here. And you're going, yeah. this guy. 
so yeah it's it's yeah. awesome so yeah. i think um it's it's going to be great i'm excited to to hear more of ah. your uploads oh thanks mate yeah sweet yeah. thanks for having me on well thanks for uh coming into chat or me coming to yeah. you yeah welcome any any time you know where <laughs> i am yep all right well uh thanks for having me in the shack and um yeah sweet we'll catch up thanks tom track. is there there's no sign off you don't have to say i is don't really a have a sign off um no uh just come and uh go to a, the website uh yeah um benchtalkpodcast.com and up there you can find all uh previous episodes and keep an eye on it for future episodes yeah and on itunes and on itunes and uh, follow uh, follow me on Instagram at uh, bench talk uh, bench underscore talk, and that's about it. Sorry, Sweet. it's all new. I'm still trying to uh, remember all these uh, these handles and stuff. Awesome. Anyway, here yeah. we go. All Thanks, right. man. Well, thank you. Cheers.